the show where we don't just report on fringe science spirituality and claims of the paranormal <laughs> duh we take part ourselves yep when they make the claims we show up so you don't have to i'm ross blotcher and i'm carrie poppy and today we're talking about the mental bank the mental bank program it's yeah. like Monta- who's montebank that's a, a swindler oh right a charlatan they're a montebank I actually feel like that doesn't really apply here. Certainly for the most part. Well, this is exciting for me because this mental bank program is attached to an older investigation of ours. Yes. We're going back to the Hypnosis Motivation Institute, Institute. in Los Angeles. No, well, Tarzana, yes. California. Tarzana being eh, basically part of LA. It's, yeah, part of LA. But we you can tell you it. driving out there from where we are is miserable. It takes a long time, and especially if it's between four and seven. This class started at seven. <laughs> yeah, so you've seen on Google Maps or whatever you use, they'll have the red mm-hmm. traffic. To if, say bad. Yeah, the, like green means go, yellow means hold on. Red means, where where did you get get that that banana? banana? (laughs) And uh, this was 45 minutes of red to get there. Miserable. And I was so tired. We are getting ahead of ourselves. So HMI, the Hypnosis Motivation Institute, offers free classes on the regular. And that's what we did last time back in 2011. I couldn't believe it. Boy, how time flies. No kidding. That when was you're the making first, that podcasts. was the year we started this show. It was our ninth show. <laughs> God, it can't be good. I re-listened to it <laughs> and it was a different show back then. Yeah, I it, believe it's it. funny because we've kept the same basic structure over time. I think you and I both do not listen to our old episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we do not have to. I mean, I would listen and everything, but I don't. Yeah. Nothing usually makes me. And spending all our time moving forward. I did listen to the Tony Alamo Christian Ministries episodes recently. Oh. I was like, this is a good show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's always a nice experience. Well, anyways, I've been signed up for their mailing list at HMI ever since. Oh, wow. And that's especially why it didn't feel like it had been over seven years, because as I would receive their emails, because I've been on their email list ever since, and I kept looking at the free classes on offer and thinking, oh, I'd really love to go back for the past life regression. Yeah. And I would every now and then look for a date and float it by you. Maybe one would work for me and not for you or you and not for me. So the first time we went, we went to like this one free seminar. And then I I went back and I was the, were you there for this? I was like the sample hypnosee. I remember you telling me about it. And as I was listening to the episode, I was thinking, oh, we're leaving out a lot of details and a whole follow-up we did. And I'm not sure if we ever actually shared that on the show. That's so weird. Because I went back for another class Uh where I got called up on stage and the hypnosis was very effective on me. Like Uh my hand, I had to have talked about that, but I'm not sure which episode I did that on. This happened to me too, where I was the subject of the class. We must have talked about it at some point, but I don't know when. Well, and I remember feeling that the instructor said that, oh, like I was a really good subject. And I remember thinking like, but like I didn't try to resist. So how do I know if that was effective? Mm. That's the weird thing about hypnosis to me is like, okay, well, you told me to raise my hand and I did. Was I supposed to try not to raise my hand? Like. 
Oh, I'm not yes. sure what this actually means. What is the mix of me playing along yeah. versus the power or, or of like being polite? Just... Did you want me to try not to? I don't know. It's just it's then I'm very just weird. the jerk. Yeah, right. Hmm. So like I just you know she'd say raise your hand and I raised my hand, but I didn't feel any different than if you asked me to raise my hand and I did. Maybe anyway. or maybe you haven't heard about our previous <laughs> investigation. And then I took like seven hypnotherapy sessions from a therapist from a student. And I don't know where the record of that is, but it happened. <laughs> we'll have to do some deep hypnosis just to figure out <laughs> when we talked about oh, that. Goodness. Or someone will remind some us. Some repressed memory therapy. That's a whole other thing. So I got one of those emails and I saw, okay, well, there is a past life regression class coming up. But look at this one. This one looks very interesting. And I passed it along to you and you said, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to go to that. It was called Achieve Success happiness and prosperity which is not what was interesting to me but in the description (laughs) it was talking about this mental bank program yeah that you can use to kind of log your desires and goals and dreams and work towards your ideal you and your ideal life and i think it made a little reference to how your subconscious is kind of adding up all the things that happen in your life and doing all these calculations behind the scene that we sort of take for granted and think that we can't have any say in but we actually can and you can rewrite your subconscious to fix all of those things that came in your childhood and be a more successful you. And I don't know if they were making like a totalist claim about that but just that you can at least have some control over that here's a description from the website Ever wonder why some people have all the luck? Is it really just luck or are there other forces at work? Introducing the Mental Bank Program. This course is a dramatic new look at how all luck, good and bad, is a product of the powerful programming of your subconscious mind. This revolutionary process is easy to learn and combines your natural dream state, written goals, and your symbolic brain language. The Mental Bank will put you in the driver's seat to access the most powerful part of your mind, to achieve success, happiness, and prosperity in less than five minutes a day. All right. So that was enough to sell me on the class, and it was going to be taught by none other than George Kappas. Who is the son of the founder of HMI, correct? That's right. I just saw the photo there of George Kappas from, what, 15, 20 years ago, probably? Yeah, that is not as he appears today. I gotta say, George Kappas... Kind of a fine wine situation. Yeah, actually, I'd say he has... He's uh, a good 40% hotter. You know, he we'll talk about him in a bit, but he reminded me of somewhere between... Brian Keith Dalton. Oh, intre- you know what? Now that you say that, that rings true. I was also thinking of Gary Oldman. Oh, I can't picture Gary Oldman. Stop everything, everybody. Ross is going to Google Gary Oldman for me. Yes, I am. On a telephone? You're going to access the internet on that telephone? Carrie, it is no longer 2011. You can. <laughs> okay. Oh, that does remind me. I wanted to say because someone might be listening to this in, I don't know, 2050. We're recording this right now in 2019. So we're looking back about eight years when we're looking at 2011. Uh, oh, yeah. No, totally. He looks like that person. There's Gary Oldman. And also. Well, what's Gary Oldman been in? He played Commissioner Gordon in the Dark Knight Batman series. Okay. Well, he's played everything, and he's kind of famous for being a chameleon. Oh, okay. Uh, Did you see... Does he play the chameleon for Gecko? (laughs) That's a Gecko. I know. There's a chameleon in Tangled. He did not play. Oh, okay, boy. He did not play Pascal. Uh, Did you see The Fifth Element? Nope. Okay. 
Did you see the third Harry Potter or no. the ones that came out? Okay. Which is my favorite Harry Potter. Mm, Prisoner of Azkaban. Too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was so the equivalent of I'm sure it's all true. <laughs> but for Harry Potter. Okay. Did you see Air Force One? No. All right. Goodness. Gary Oldman's been in everything. You've definitely seen him. Well, I see his face there's and no, he's familiar. There's no way you've avoided him. He also reminds me a bit of Aiden Gillen, who plays Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. Oh, interesting. He looks kind of like Hodgman there. Oh, I can see that. Uh, so everyone, picture John Hodgman, then picture someone who looks sort of like John Hodgman, then this guy looks kind of like that person you're picturing now. <laughs> While I'm talking about Aiden Gillen, he was also in this movie called Sing Street. Oh, which you really liked. Great movie. You talked movie. about that for a while oh, afterward. Okay. I never um, saw it. I'm going to have to see it. Yeah, great film. We have yeah. it on Blu-ray. Oh, well, well, okay. Dropping a little BR reference. What were we saying? Oh, Barbie. we were talking about George Kappa. So yeah, he is now the president of the company. Ah, okay. Which I learned his father originally had an HMI out in Atlanta. Georgia? Yeah. Well, well. But that one doesn't seem to exist anymore. Oh. Now they're in Tarzana. Well, so we said to ourselves, we said, Carrie, Ross, let's go and find out what's in our brains and how to make it better. Yeah, and there were only nine seats left. Yeah. So we had to grab them. So you signed up, and then I was like, hey, can you sign up for me? I don't have Wi-Fi yet. I'm moving. Uh, And then you couldn't do that because you have to sign in under an account. Right, and my old account from 2011 was still there and working. Right, so I figured, okay, well, at least that'll be the same for me. So I grab my laptop, I go to uh, where I can get Wi-Fi, and I try to log in. It's not letting me log in. I, like, try both email addresses I would have used. Neither is letting me log in. And I'm like, what is it? Then I thought, okay, I'll just create accounts. And then it was like, no, we know who you are. You already have one. So I was caught in this catch-22. Finally, what I did was I realized, oh, it's logging me by my phone number. That's so some what's... old phone number that you don't No, remember. like when I would try to make an account, it was like, we recognize that phone number as a phone number we know. Mm. You already have an account, but we won't tell you what the email address is associated with it so you can't log in. So finally, I got around the system by putting my good friend Natalie's phone number in there and texting her and being like, if someone calls, pretend to be me. And since Natalie is a voice actress and hilarious, she was like, yeah, okay. I know you do a really good Natalie impersonation. Oh, hey, Carrie. Um, <laughs> Carrie, tell me why astrology isn't real. Can she do as good of a Carrie impersonation as you can do a Natalie impersonation? I don't think she tries to be a realistic me. Her version of me sounds like this. Oh, oh. Cory Popey, investigative journalist. When I check the facts, I don't just check them once. I don't check them twice. I check them thrice. Oh, wait, that's one, two, three, chicken and rice. I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm very nice. If you want to hear more, Natalie, you can listen to Hidden Mickeys. <laughs> or the Powerpuff Girls. She's Buttercup. Carrie's other podcast. Yeah, don't worry. It's far less popular. <laughs> when she's cheating on our podcast. So, Natalie... Probably hasn't been called by them yet, but she... No, but I think she's disappointed. She did almost certainly receive a text that said, Reminder, free Achieve Success, Happiness, and Prosperity class at HMI on Tuesday, April 9th from 7 to 10 p.m. I totally missed this 10 p.m. thing. I didn't realize it was going to be a three-hour class. Oh, somehow I caught on to that part. Well, good for you. (laughs) Thank you. I would have made more of an effort to eat beforehand. Well, I I was so tired. I've been so tired the last few weeks because I've been moving. You know, I got my own new place. 
and it's been very exhausting. Yeah. So I was trying to get up there in time, and I actually started to be like, I'm going to fall asleep at the wheel. I'm going to... I'm going to actually fall asleep at the oh, wheel. So no. I pulled over and got coffee knowing I'm making myself late, but not dead. Okay, so while we're waiting for Carrie to arrive, yeah. I got there and parked in the little back parking lot. And I should have re-listened to the old episode beforehand because I fell for the exact same stair snafu that uh, we did. I was. Walking- I, for some reason, remembered that. I was like, oh, use these elevators in the middle, Carrie. I didn't even get that far because I was walking in with another gal from the parking lot and she said... Oh, I don't want to wait for this elevator. It took way too long last time. Let's uh, take the stairs. Uh, oh, so I walk up the three, honey trap. Three, <laughs> three flights of <laughs> stairs with her. And then we get to the top and it's locked. Oh, no. And so then I later listened to our old episode and we talk about getting stuck inside the staircase. <laughs> so oh, we man. knocked very loudly and someone came and opened it for us. That probably happens a lot of times a day. They must be used to it. Yeah, figure it out, guys. So a lot of people were converging on the space. Not everyone was going into this classroom, which uh, we'd been in before. I think Mm. the class that we reported on in our hypnotherapy episode was in a different room. Yeah, I think that's right. But this is the room I had been in that time with the older gentleman who was the teacher who told me to eat oatmeal. Maybe or maybe not. I told the audience about it. I don't know. I don't remember that, but... I'm glad you've been told to eat oatmeal because it's good. I was talking about varying levels of energy at Uh work. And he had brought me up in front of the class as an example. And he had suggested that I have nuts around for a snack. What about nuts? What about nuts? Which is always good advice. And that I eat oatmeal. And I realized today at work that I still had that same can of oatmeal that I'd bought on his (laughs) recommendation. So I made myself some more oatmeal this morning. Oh, still good? Yeah. Still following his advice many years later. Don't make a bad cookie. So I uh, got in there. There were four rows in this class and each had 10 chairs. And they told me, oh, the first two rows are reserved for students. Oh, oh okay. okay. And they were already kind of filling up. The room was pretty full. I was maybe three minutes late, but oh, people were boy. still filing in. And so I picked a seat in the third row, and I'm looking around. Where's Carrie? Where's Carrie? Okay, well, Carrie's must be right behind me. In geological time, that was true. Yeah, you were right on, <laughs> right on my heels. And other people kept coming in, so the door would open up, and they were telling us like, "Oh, you can't be late. We won't let you in." Oh, really? Yeah. And so I was worried about oh, that. No. And the lady's there checking. She wants to see your ticket that you had. Which was a little PDF they sent us. Yeah. So I had that on my phone. So she did let me in after she finally found my name. So I'm waiting there and the class got started. And yeah, I just kept looking over. Oh, that'll be Carrie. Oh, that'll be Carrie. So I was worried about you. Oh, thank you. Did you get my text? I texted you. I did not. Oh, no, you weren't getting a reception. Right. And they have a sign there that says no cell phones in the building. But all these four rows 40 chairs they're all facing forward and there's this dais sort of a raised platform Mm -hmm. with a desk on it Mm -hmm. and that's where the instructor was Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. he was wearing kind of a maroon shirt and dark gray blazer on top of that yeah no tie we've already described his physical appearance you've looked up the actors yes he's probably in like his late 40s he's 60 what yeah what crazy right he's a good looking man i'd tap that (laughs) he was talking about how he uses all these various methods to 
train himself uh-huh. to work out and everything. And he took off his jacket later, like, hey, you're looking Yeah, I remember that there. moment. Looking pretty good huh. there, mister. 60. Mr. Kappas. Yeah, I know that because I've read an article about the school, and in 2016, they mentioned him being 58. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is blowing me away already. Look at all this that I was missing. We're going to sign up for everything at this place. <laughs> Uh, on the desk, there were some plaques. I didn't get close to those to read what the plaques were, but there were some metal plaques. And, you know, oh, look, we won awards. I hope they were those plaques that you can buy at Spencer's Gifts that are like, New Day, same shitty attitude. <laughs> uh, the complaint buck stops here, you know. Uh, uh, sarcasm is just another service I provide. I can You got more? Yeah, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> so, when you enter, you're coming in from the side of the room and walking into the rows and then you're facing forward to this desk on the raised platform next to the right of the desk there's a big black cushy chair that is obviously for bringing up a patient oh i didn't even notice that oh okay okay. it wasn't used at all during this particular class our right or his right our right our right okay house right stage left (laughs) got it i had sat in that before when being questioned by the other teacher and then on the left, that wall is filled with these giant, huge ass enlargements like book of covers. book covers. Yeah. Right. And one of the book covers is this book I have right here Success is Not an Accident, The Mental Bank Concept. But the design makes it look a little like success is not the mental bank and concept accident. <laughs> Which I like a lot better. By George Kappas's father, John G. Kappas, PhD. PhD. I, I kept trying to lean over to read it off of the poster. And this one woman down my row kept looking over like, why are you looking at me? Why are you looking oh, over weird. here? What do you want? And she was getting Jeez. kind of confrontational about it. like, But just, with her with her looks. Yes. Uh-huh, yeah, she it. didn't say anything. It was like, I'm just trying to look past you to the wall right, to, right. to read. And this. now you're making me like overact what I'm doing. <laughs> right. To Huge signal gestures. to you, I am looking at the poster, <laughs> not you. <laughs> and that was so I could read, if time is passing by and you are not receiving your share of success, happiness, and prosperity, the mental bank concept is for you. Interesting. Okay. And there's a like an MB logo for the mental bank? Yeah, I think so. Ooh, they've got a logo. But it could also be MIB or M13. or M3 or MI3. NI3, but probably MB. <laughs> Or mental ro- bank. Oh, and then there's a C encircling it. Mental bank concept. Oh, yeah. 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 Well done. Yeah, I work at Disney Animation, so I have a real eye for these things. Impressive. <laughs> Thank you. So he told us that HMI is the first nationally accredited hypnotherapy school. And okay. I thought, how many hypnotherapy how many schools are tried. there? But okay. Yeah, those things aren't as impressive if there's, like, no one else trying. Right. He mentioned his father and how early on this had been a job for him working for his father, and he sort of rose up the That's ranks. Cool. And he mentioned later that his son works for him at the college, so. I still do find that charming. Family like business. family does something like that. Oh, and, yeah. And someone's like, I'm going to devote my life to this just like my mom. Yeah, yeah. Keeping that dream alive. Yeah. And he mentioned how originally his father had been seeing people as a therapist and he'd get frustrated like being a pastor you know i talk to these people an hour a week Mm. and then they go off and do their own thing and slide back oh yeah i need some kind of program where i can really be there all the time reminding them about these things yeah oh god being a therapist has to be so hard that way oh i can imagine and then he mentioned that his father a couple of his clients were working for this business that had a model with 
downstream associates called Amway. Oh, wow. Downstream okay. associates. It took me a minute, but we're talking about a pyramid scheme? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so sorry, who was involved with that? Some of the clients of the father. Oh, okay. So they asked him if he could use his new techniques that he was working on to speak to their office. Downstream. <laughs> their downstream associates. They wanted his help to double sales. And so that's when he first went to give sort of a public uh, talk. And double sales. And okay. There were 2,000 is- people there and he was kind of overwhelmed, but he realized, oh, this is the thing. Okay, maybe I can turn this into a business. Okay. So he really did start with this whole mental bank concept and sort of working his interest in hypnotherapy into a business. This is starting to make sense with the concept of doubling will come up a lot later. So now I'm able to conceptualize why that happened. Ah, and we learn very quickly that George has a good little sense of humor. Like he'll <laughs> He's drop, really funny. He'll drop these dry little humor bombs and, you know, wait a beat for the audience to catch up. Yep. And so he was talking about how his father had him like help put together 2,000 packets to give to all these people, but he stole one for himself so he could learn this concept. Ah, And he made his own first mental bank. Interesting, because that later his own son will steal a copy. Yeah, that was his little callback. That was a callback. I just thought it was funny. Earlier joke, yeah. I'm learning so much. Uh, Meanwhile, I was stopped at a Starbucks. Asleep? No, thank God. Just getting some liquid... Energy. So that I could not be asleep, yeah. Oh, wow. And I got, a, uh, I got a latte, and then I said, you know what, put a pump of peppermint in there. <laughs> Let's live. Yeah. <laughs> live a little. Live life to the fullest. So, so hot drinks, thumbs up. Yeah, hey, all right. <laughs> At the time, young George was making $14,000 a year, and he oh. decided, you know, I'm going to program my subconscious that I want to be earning $200,000 a year. From 14. Yeah. Wow. Hey. How old is he? Go bold or go home. He was 22. And then he tells this whole story about dating this older woman and living with her for a while. All right. right, I'm listening. And, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. She divorced her husband. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, no. This is taking a sour turn. He helped her manage a property sale. But he remembers at one point in doing that, he had a check in his hands for $200,000. He went, oh, my goodness. Wow, look, I'm dealing with those sums of money I've I've arrived. He had some joke about how he got all this money from that sale, but then pissed it all away. Mm-hmm. And, and then he said one of his little jokes, but because I have a penis, I said, I'm going to win it all back. <laughs> <laughs> a little joke about cis men's overconfidence. Mm-hmm. Hi, it's Ali Kokesh, one of the cast members of Mission to Zix, a new addition to the Max Fun Network. We're blown away by the welcome we've received from Max Fun listeners, telling us you've discovered the show and are binging it hard, supporting us during the drive, and just being rad humans all around. Mission to Zix is an improvised, obsessively sound-designed sci-fi comedy epic following a group of ambassadors as they explore the ass-end of space. I play Dar, the 12-foot-tall omnisexual security officer with furry scales, chest talons, and a series of flaps and shoots that are for... Yeah, you know what, you'll figure it out. We'd be delighted if you joined our crew aboard the aging, sentient starship, the Bargerian Jade, as we travel the Zix Quadrant, meeting all sorts of weird aliens played by brilliant guest comedians. That's Mission to Zix... Z-Y-X-X. Uh, that was about the time that Carrie arrived. Hi, everyone. So you came to join us. And I, oh, phew, she's here. Because I'm thinking, can I still do an investigation on this? Oh, and, no. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a good 20 minutes late. 
and thankfully there was what appeared to be one seat left. And there were a couple Later, people that came after you. Yeah. But yeah, the room was filling up. So by the time everybody was in there, I'd say it was about 40 people in the audience. And only a third oh, of no, them. I, uh, oh, my goodness. You counted? I counted them. How many people? I thought for sure you already had, but I was like, I'm going to contribute my counting prowess. I did a regular count, but I stopped after a while. 52. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. <gasps> How did it get to 52? You mentioned there were 10 seats, and I think I counted 12 seats. Oh, okay. Well, then I, so I part of underrepresented the size and scale of this room. Yeah, so get off the show. It was very much filled with as many chairs as they could get yes, into that space. very much so. So this feels, even though it's a good-sized room, it feels very enclosed because you have that many people in there. Totally. Oh, wow, 52 Two people. Okay. One more person than I had boxes when I moved into this apartment. I had 51 boxes moved into a studio apartment. Wow. Yeah, one short of a deck of cards. Yep. Well, anyway. Well, that that's very interesting. So, okay, more people were filtering in, but earlier when I calculated the ratio, one third of the audience were men. Okay. And I think that remained consistent Okay. as yeah. more people arrived. It's often the case in these things we do. Yeah. Except for maybe like the Tony Robbins kind of places. Oh, yeah. But even then, I think... I think we're still getting around like parody. So he asked the audience if we wanted to earn more money. Oh, right. Waited for people to raise their hands. Most people did. Mm -hmm. Well, do you want to enjoy your relationships more? Mm -hmm. A lot of people raised their hands. Do you want to be more successful in work? I think that got the biggest show mm -hmm. of hands. So Also, I think by the time you're asked the third or fourth rhetorical question, you're just sort of like, yeah, Oh, oh right. okay, yes, I so, see what you're trying okay, to accomplish right, here. Right. Yeah, yes. Is this helpful? I'm raising my hand. No, I am just as happy as I want to be in my relationship, and I refuse to be happier. <laughs> right, right. So he said, well, of course you want one of these things, because otherwise, why would you be here? Sure. Which is a good question. Which of those resonates the most with you? I think I was one of the people who kind of figured out, oh, this is what we're doing. I'm raising my hand now <laughs> right. at the successful in work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, sure. I think I started from the beginning. I was like, sure, why not? More Heard money. More money. Okay. Yeah. I always think even with that stuff, even if like I feel secure at that moment in my life, I always think like, well, you get to give it away. Why wouldn't you want that? I think that I have a built-in hesitation, which I guess uh -huh. we'll get to in terms of our built-in responses to things. But I don't want to be interested Breathe. in earning more money. Yeah, yeah I just yeah, don't yeah. want that to be or, a driving principle for me. Right, totally. Especially if you're like lucky enough to have a home and food. That's one thing that I was reflecting on recently with Andrew that, you know, even though we're somewhere in the middle of the American rungs of success, we're living better lives than 99.99% of all humanity yeah. that has ever lived. Yeah, that's right. And that we enjoy all these things that, you know, the richest person 100 years ago couldn't mm -hmm. have even dreamed of. Totally. So we're doing okay. Read Factfulness. Yes. Okay. Such a good book. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway, so <laughs> that's all a little bit too much. But a peek into all of the moving parts going on in Ross's and my brain at all times. <laughs> when you ask us to raise our hands, we're going to be comparing <laughs> we're ourselves. Like, Everyone needs to read Factfulness. <laughs> <laughs> You too can be tortured like this. We must be really fun at a party. <laughs> so homeostasis was the big enemy that we need to fight against because that is our innate drive to stay the same. Stay the same. This part really spoke to me. I feel like this is pretty true. And he described it in a number of different ways. He was talking about how we're just driven by evolution. Mm -hmm. And so he's buying into evolution and he's using the good, phrase good. properly. Like it. Uh, to have evolved in these smaller communities where we needed to know everybody and 
there's just all these different things that our bodies are trying to keep within homeostasis. Right. Our temperature, our blood sugar level, all of these things where if they get too far out of an acceptable range, we'll be in real danger. And that is a legitimately good thing because if you had to think about every single thing your body needs to do, it would be exhausting and probably kill you. So it's good for us to be able to move our habits into our automatic brains and say, hey, just keep things as they are. Absolutely. Yeah. That definitely all resonated. But uh, yeah, I think he was making the point that there's also a, a downside to that, that then if you want to change, you are pretty hardwired not to change. Right. And that it's, I like how he said it, it's a defense mechanism mm-hmm. that does serve a purpose and maybe served more of a purpose in the past Mm -hmm. and holds us back now. He told an interesting little story about uh, seeing a childhood friend and after he got past all that initial awkwardness of seeing someone you haven't seen for 20 years... Oh, geez. Well, we've totally we diverged. About? He looks so old. <laughs> Do I look that old? Eventually, they got past that, and they were just good old buds again. He realized, oh, people don't change. Yeah. I was with him, with him, with him, and then I was like, oh, that's an interesting lesson to take from that. I feel like other reunitings with old friends may have go differently. Forgotten. Where you truly have changed and drifted apart. Yeah, yeah. I do have one friend, Caleb. What up, Caleb? I think he listens sometimes. A friend from college who, like, every time I see him, it could be two, three years that have gone by, and we're just like, hey, what's up? And, like, can immediately just fall into, like, a conversation as if we saw each other yesterday. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, it is really nice. But, yeah, I feel like that's... Not so much because neither of us has changed as whatever brought us together as friends in the first place happens not to have been one of the things that has changed in my personality. Ah, Whereas I have other friends from college who like, I would still want to see, I would still want to hang out with, but we have fundamentally changed in ways that don't cultivate that friendship. Yeah, that makes sense. And then he launched into talking about the subconscious, which Mm -hmm. is their big talking point. And he was using the analogy of learning how to drive. Yeah. And this was cute how he told the whole story about being taken out to drive in a stick shift car. Oh, right. you got to move this foot and you got to do this here. Let and- up on the left, push down on the right, but then also <laughs> handle this thing, that this big stick. But also you've got a, what's that other thing called? That other thing you have to push in a... Uh, clutch? A clutch! Yeah. Also, you've got a clutch. But I was trained this way where my dad taught me on a clutch. Oh, man. So I could drive manual because then ever afterward, everything else everything will just else be easy. peasy. Which is super true. And my son's going to be ready to drive soon. And I no longer have an, a manual transmission. Uh, my last two vehicles did. How will you make this harder for him? I know. Well, and Cara doesn't want me to teach Andrew how to drive. She wants the blotcher cycle to end because what she wants her son to die in a fiery crash. No, 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 no. (laughs) not the the blotcher line, but the blotcher cycle of what she sees as bad, aggressive driving. Oh, okay. she wants to teach him and have me not involved in this process. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Uh, That's a whole other story. That's better than how I first interpreted it. (laughs) Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. I drive a Prius now. I don't speed anymore. Oh, hey. Because you can't. (laughs) <laughs> That's the joke, right? Right, right, right. But now I'm worried more about fuel efficiency. Don't sure. worry. I don't drive like a jerk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I have he- a Prius also. Yeah, hey, that's right. We both have uh, Prius C's. Mm-hmm. Pri, that's right. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of Pri, the official plural mm-hmm. of Prius. Please email us about this. Dig up some Latin or words. Or don't. <laughs> or don't do it. 
he wanted all of us to take a moment to put ourselves back into the driver's seat when we were first learning to drive. He said, yeah, remember, because you were paying so much attention, all of this was new, but now today you drove here and, yeah, you were annoyed at the traffic and mm-hmm. you were fiddling with your hair and you were doing all kinds of other things, but none of them were thinking about how you were driving. Right. And in the same way, we are programmed in so many other ways down to our handwriting, which mm-hmm. is very important mm-hmm. to the HMI school, to our posture and our inflections. I noticed when he said posture, a bunch of people in front of me like straightened yep. up. I, every time someone says posture, I'm of like, course. oh, that's right. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not we supposed just to slouch and both like an moved idiot. away from the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and we're slouching back in front of the microphones yep. again. Hello. But this is the number that they have at HMI that I remember from last time. 88% is our mm, our yeah. autopilot. Like 88% of our lives, we live in autopilot mode. I know. I was tempted to be like, how do we know that? But yeah, hard, hard to ask that sort of thing without being obvious that you're being dubious. And even if that were roughly true, obviously it's not going to be true for every single person. Yeah, I, I don't think. It seems made up. Yeah, and it sounds intuitively close to uh, right, right, but why say that specific number now right. so I can really like right. just focus on it and be like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> exactly. Is this like a I use 6% of my brain thing? I need more info. Exactly. Everyone read factfulness. <laughs> this isn't in there. <laughs> But it's a good book, so you should read it. It's a good book. So he was talking about how all of that inborn subconscious programming fights for homeostasis. And Mm -hmm. it just says, okay, I've got a plan. I know how this is all going to work out. I know how to handle the situation. So just keep doing more of that. Right. So good point. And yeah, and that's useful 88% of the time. We got a movie reference. He asked how much of the audience had seen Trading Places. Oh, right. With, uh, what's his name? Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, good movie. I've never seen it. It's like Freaky Friday, it sounds like. Yeah, magically you were kind of switched places with somebody. All of a sudden you came into great wealth. Right. What would you do? How would you handle that? Are you still in your own body or do you like, do I wake up in your body? He was in his own body, if I recall correctly. Oh, like the Prince and the Pauper. Yes. Okay. I think there was an element of that. And I was thinking during all of this, even if you cast aside all of this explanation of the 88% and the subconscious and hypnosis, I was thinking, this is all a very good argument for living the examined life. Yes, totally. Which I think is one of the greatest goals that we should all have. Yeah. Just to be constantly reflecting on our attitudes, our relationships, how we interact with other people, how we're looking at things. Logging things that you might think don't need logging I've, yeah i've gotten more huh. used to being like oh it's good for me to write down my moods every day hmm. and things like that so that i can look back and be like oh gosh i went from a two one day to a 10 the next day what was going on there and get this bird's eye view you don't otherwise get yeah and i feel like the people in life that i end up respecting the most are those self-reflective people oh the loggers yeah well you know yeah loggers <laughs> yeah you really respect a logger please someone uh pull this piece of audio out by itself and don't give any surrounding context yeah, i was thinking of jokes about well either people who wear flannel uh-huh. and carry axes those kinds of loggers or someone who drinks a logger <laughs> oh right i do like a flannel i am a ridiculous record keeper Mm -hmm. I had to fight myself to stop keeping daily records of everything I ate 
Oh, was, right. You did do that a long time. It was just You take, still write down like all your gas consumption. I keep so many records on so many things yeah. in my life. I keep every receipt mm-hmm. and I enter it into the computer in this massive Excel spreadsheet. There's no reason I need to do that. <laughs> There's no reason I need to stop doing that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I build up uh, these huge piles of receipts. And now I'm trying to be more green and not get receipts. So then right. I have to write them on my phone and then put them in the Excel spreadsheet. Oh, boy. Okay. I don't go that far. But I do log like, how happy am I in my relationship or my job or whatever? I'll oh, just wow. like write those things down in a little pocket calendar. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I write every day the exact minute I walk into my office at work. So I can kind of put it on my public calendar and shame myself into being more punctual. Oh, wow. Okay. This is a little insight. There have been zero days since our last uh, accident kind of system. Uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. But I keep a lot of logs. It's kind of ridiculous. I I make logs every day. Do you? Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Is that... This is, is this a pooping this is a poop joke? Reference. Okay. <laughs> I was just reflecting on one of my favorite Simpsons jokes. It's the episode where he has the crayon removed from his brain and oh, he's okay. smart. Okay. Okay. Lisa, why didn't you warn me? Being a brain has alienated me from all my friends. Dad, as intelligence goes up, happiness often goes down. In fact, I made a graph. I make a lot of graphs. <laughs> Brilliant Simpsons humor. Anyways. Hey, Ross. Hey, Question. Yes. Is this episode sponsored in part by anyone? You know, that's funny you'd mention that, Carrie, Mm -hmm. because Ono, Ross, and Carrie, this show, is Mm -hmm. supported in part by Quip. Oh, Quip. I love them. They make a great toothbrush. Quip was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. And they've done it with sensitive sonic vibrations, gentle enough on your sensitive gums, and a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides. Tops, bottoms, however you want to do it, the world's your oyster. Yeah, you do you, but at least you'll know, oh, this is how far along I am in my two-minute brushing. Exactly. And Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association and has thousands, get this, thousands, of verified five-star reviews. I guess I ought to leave them a five-star review because Kara and I both have a Quip toothbrush and we like them. Yeah, I really like mine too. I've still not used one of my replacement heads because the original head is in great condition. Hey, wonderful. I don't want to name names, but I got rid of a competitor toothbrush that was much more expensive. Oh, Wow. And switched to Quip. This Amazing. is true. This is just me talking. I wasn't asked to share this information. It's just true. So Quip is backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. So picture a Quip toothbrush. <laughs> one toothbrush very with 20,000 Svelte and small. Yeah, it. and then there's this this horde of... of people doing trust falls behind and, it. And they're wearing... Because <laughs> they're trusting. And <laughs> they're wearing white smocks. The lab coats right. in my mind. Right, right, yeah, totally. Maybe here and there, like a scrub with a kitten on it. Well, look, Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash oh no right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. Oh shit. How exciting. So that's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash oh no. But hey, that's not the only supporter of Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Oh, yeah, there are 20,000 supporters. 
lined up doing a trust fall holding up this show we have so many wonderful supporters yeah, of our do. show and they're all wearing scrubs yeah her smocks but who else who else who else who else i think that we are also supported by rothy's those shoes are stylish sustainable and comfortable enough for everyday wear anywhere okay it's a company that makes flats for women and girls from recycled plastic water bottles which i approve of that is super cool yeah very cool they're designed to be environmentally friendly, they're comfortable, they're stylish, and get this, they're machine washable. Now, I have a very cute pair. They're green. They have a gold starburst on the toe. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, you wear those, you will get a compliment. Oh, yeah. I've been with Kara when people have asked about her shoes, and she liked them so much she recommended that her mom also buy some Rothy's. And I said, well, did you tell her about the discount code? Uh-huh. Nope. Oh, dear God. Cara, what are you doing? Everyone call Cara. Someone put up a change.org petition. Tell Cara to fix this situation. Yeah, seriously. But her mom did get some Rothy's on her recommendation. Rothy's are the everyday flats for life on the go. They're stylish. They're versatile. And they go with everything from yoga pants to dresses to skirts to regular pants, jeans. What do you want to wear? You can wear them with those. Maybe not your scrubs. That would actually look strange. You know what, though? <laughs> switch out the scrubs. Don't switch out the Rothy's. Rothy's are seamlessly crafted from recycled water bottles, and they're designed to be ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. That is a good point, actually, because I know what they're saying there when they say ultra comfortable right away. Because you're picturing, oh, recycled plastic bottles. Yeah. That's not comfortable, but it is. It's... <laughs> It's got a very soft, like, nice give to it. And I, I'm used to, like, getting new shoes and them cutting the back of my heel, you know, just oh, being yeah. really rough. And no, these are these are. Oh, yeah, you see women almost. every now and then having to wear, like, a Band-Aid on the... Yeah, I do that all the time. Oh, wow. It hurts. But I just, these are, like, as if you've worn them a lot of times without being, like, worn out. I realize that I've insinuated that I was borrowing my wife's shoes and wearing them. I just... Felt them with I my didn't hands. Get that impression. But I don't thank think any. You. I don't think anyone would judge me if sure. if I wanted sure. to. Sure, of course. Yeah. Do you wanted... guys have the same size foot? No. No. Oh. This is what you get, Rothies. You buy now. I don't know Ross and Carey. <laughs> we just run with it. And you know what else you can run in? Rothies. <laughs> they might not seamless... be the best running shoe in the world. You don't know. You didn't try. They're manufactured in a zero-waste factory. I? Oh, boy. And they ship directly in the shoebox to cut down on unnecessary packaging. Which Thank you. We also Jesus appreciate. Jesus Christ. Thank you, Rothies. Not everyone does. Yes. Oh, goodness. So right now, Rothies has an amazing deal for our listeners Use code ONO, O-H-N-O, to get free shipping with no minimum. That's right. Free shipping, free returns and exchanges on your Rothy's shoe. Just go to rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com, and enter ONO, O-H-N-O, to get your new favorite flats and free shipping. Rothy's is dedicated to making shoes that are comfortable, stylish, and sustainable. You're never going to want to wear anything else. Head to rothys.com and claim this offer with code ONO. You heard that right. You will never want to wear anything else. You will be nude with your Rothy's. That will be your new lifestyle. Now I have a new mental image of all of our listeners. It's an extraordinary claim. Behind a toothbrush. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? Our mental bank. So he mentioned that all of these little voices in our head that have been pre-programmed keep telling us who you are. Mm-hmm. And here he found many different sentences that use the phrase crappy ass. 
Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I have a crappy-ass job. I have a crappy-ass wife. I have a crappy-ass husband. I have a crap- crappy-ass car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just keep hearing this in the background, even if it doesn't actually have a voice. It's just always there telling you those things. And it says, uh, this is just what your life is and what you deserve. I know that I have become a walking advertisement for cognitive behavioral therapy, but let me tell you, Ross... It's like they're edging in mm-hmm. on CBT, the most evidence-based psychology program we've yeah, got. Yeah. They like find their way so close. And I'm like, okay, you know, if you're using your brain really, really well. But there are these other professionals who are doing the same. And if you could just plug in with them, you could get uh, a little more direction. Yeah, I remember we were talking about that with Teal Swan. Yes. Maybe she learned a little bit of CBT and she said, I got this. I'm running with it. Right, right. But I'm not going to stay plugged into any of the professionals who are also brilliant and doing good work. He, he had some other good examples of this nagging voice. There's no good men left on this planet. And right. the system is rigged. The rich just keep getting richer. See, and then, of course, my brain breaks because then I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, no. Okay. <laughs> just, what I don't want is the, like, totalist thinking in either direction, right? Like, of course, you can fall into a victim mindset where that's the only way you can see the world. Mm-hmm. That happens. Absolutely. But also then, you know, he'd say things like, uh, when in actuality, you have total power over that. And I'm like, well, no. Yep. No, you know, these can both be true and neither of them is going to be 100% true all the time. Can we all just back up the trolley a little bit? It's going to be somewhere in between those two. Yes. I I really want to like what's going on at HMI because I feel like there's some really good methods some really good observations and some things that can actually help people. Right. But at the same time, they'll say this law of attraction kind of stuff where, okay, but this is what you're putting out in the universe And that's the only cause of anything good or bad that happens to you. Well, no. Right. And they were saying something very similar to what I was reading recently in a Grant Cardone book. I read The 10X Rule. And Grant Cardone is a Scientologist and sales guy. He sells his sales techniques to others. Congratulations on saying that sentence. Thank you. And he was first brought up when I was taking classes at Scientology. Right. And Ben, my instructor there, I had asked him, okay, well, you know, you're telling me about how this can improve your life. Who's someone you can point to, a Scientologist who's really just shown these principles lived out to their fullest that I can look to as a paragon. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, like Grant Cardone. Mm -hmm. And that was the one name he could think of. I was surprised there was no Tom Cruise. Yeah. I feel like it was a conscious, deliberate choice not to. Not speak the most obvious Name Tom Cruise or bring up the controversy of Tom Cruise. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he went with Grant Cardone. So yeah, I read one of his books recently and it was saying exactly that. Like, well... Okay, whatever bad has happened to you, you need to stop and evaluate and look. And if you work hard enough, you can figure out how you are the cause. How it is your fault. Yeah, I was with you for a while, but you lost me there. And there's a kernel of truth there, right? Like any situation, you probably contributed something to. And if you just like completely abdicate responsibility, you're not going to get anywhere. That's true. But also, like, of course, there are things like systemic prejudice and systemic problems that make things hard for people. <laughs> like, yeah. It's never yeah. going to be 100% one or the other. Right. <sighs> and and those differences in our starting points and our environments are all 
relevant factors yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in any discussion of this. So, yeah, they don't lean too heavily on that. Right. That they, is true. It doesn't become like a constant irritation. But they say it enough that, you, oh, man, yeah. this is just kind of flawed a little bit. in the punch bowl. Mm-hmm. They don't tip into the Tony Robbins area where I just start to be like, okay, fuck you. Yeah, they don't quite cross over <laughs> to that. Right, right. And then he was saying that there is some extra component to this. I don't know how much of it is physical laws that we're describing, how much of it is spiritual. And uh, this was a great little joke. If I knew that, I would have a bigger desk. A bigger desk in a bigger office, I think he said. <laughs> I love it. Uh, he also, he was very delicate. I liked this about him. He was delicate about being like, okay, there are a couple of ways to look at this. Take whatever you want. We can take the sort of social science approach where we say, hey, you have a subconscious. That's a more or less scientific fact. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're building that up. You're having a little dialogue with the inner you. And then there's the spiritual version where it's like you put into the universe what you want and you get it back. I couldn't tell you which one it is, but whichever works for you, that's fine. And I, I was like, I, I yeah. like this. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. And, okay. and by the way, I pick option A. Right. I'm willing to sign on to that. And he said something that sounded so close to a message I'm always communicating to people that the universe is not judgmental. This is where he went off the rails a little bit. He said, the universe doesn't care if you deserve something or not. Mm. Uh, It's just your passion, your plea that you put out there. The universe responds to that. So I was all ready to agree with him and nod my head like, oh, yeah, well, I was thinking of how the universe is indifferent. It's not for us, but it's also not against us. Mm -hmm. It's just doing its universe thing. Mm -hmm. And we have a song at Camp Quest, you know, it's just the world in motion. Everything's just playing out according to very complicated rules that we don't fully understand. Mm -hmm. Some things we can get a handle on, some things we can't. And we just live in this sea of influences and things that can affect us. None of it is purposefully trying to hurt us or help us. We're talking about like the inanimate parts of the universe, right. not like other people. Right, right. Okay, yeah, gotcha. those those would be emergent properties of right. that universe. Well, of but, course, of course, but yeah, yeah, but you know, whenever we talk about the universe is you win the lottery oh, or something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah. None of that is at play. So it felt like he was starting to make a statement of the universe's neutrality there, and he kind of was, but then he turned oh, okay. it into this thing. I oh, I don't think I even picked up on this moment. But it felt very much like the secret or yes. Kind of- oh, definitely law of attraction stuff. Yeah. Uh, but but again, like just with a nod to it instead of like this is our official position. Correct. Then he started talking about how it doesn't matter how smart you are. There are mm-hmm. many dumb rich people. <laughs> doesn't matter how nice you are. There are some really jerky, successful people. You don't have to be good looking. He made, I think, a pretty clear to understand dig at President Trump there, I think. Oh, what did he say? When, when talking about successful people who are dumb and oh. or mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he said like uh, some really dumb people get to really high offices or something. It's like something that. like that yeah. where it was just veiled enough that you know the audience could kind of laugh along. Yeah. Without him saying anything too partisan. A question that is just a curiosity: When you hear all these, are there any that make you go like, "Well, that one does matter." Well, the next one definitely did. This surprised me. He said, "It doesn't matter how hard you work." Oh, right. Yeah. And he pointed out that the hardest working people do not earn the most. Yeah. Which actually is a good point not made too often. You know, like we have these uh, laborers who are working the hardest and making the least money. I think that's probably true. So that's wrong then. I actually agreed with that. But of course, my mind was thinking of counterexamples. But just thinking that there's curves for all of these. Yes, totally. 
just on an emotional level, the first one my just gut reacts to is like, is the pretty one. Oh. Immediately was like, oh no. Like, I don't know. I guess just like as a woman in media, just thinking like, no, I'm I'm pretty sure that like that's part of, it's not the whole thing, but like the axis that goes into people uh, evaluating me for various things, like that's gonna be in there. That's a really interesting point because when he mentioned that there are ugly, successful people, I did immediately think of some male examples oh, uh-huh. of that principle. Oh, right, right, right. Interesting. And, and it's it is true that like, not being conventionally attractive or gorgeous or whatever is not an immediate way to exclude yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just, but of course, it's going to be part of the math. But he's pointing out well counterexamples you. to point out that none of these things are guarantors right. of success. Right. And I know I'm nitpicking at the language here, but you know. So yeah, I get what he was going for there. And so then I'm sure you're all wondering, well, then what does determine success? Well, it depends on the story you have. Uh- Okay, I'm listening. That's where he got into the whole thing about how, well, you've kind of brought it upon yourself if things aren't going well. Mm -hmm. That really, if you have this attitude of, oh, I am successful, I am powerful, I am worthy of being loved, I am worthy of being heard. If that's your internal story, then it will manifest itself. Mm -hmm. And again, we're almost right there. Right, right. I also recognize like these are hard to articulate in ways that are Closer to the truth and this snappy. Yeah. Because like... That's fair. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter whether you're pretty. No, no, no. Let's tweak that to, it matters whether you're pretty, but there are other factors you can work on that will overcome whether that one... (laughs) You just become, you know, uh, you've got a real mouthful going on. Right. And if you do kind of live with this internal story of, oh, I am really competent, I am worth listening to, I am worth loving... That's going to help. Then, yeah, you are then, with that attitude, more likely to achieve those things. More likely. But you're not guaranteed. Yeah. Not will, might, and might more. Might more. He should say might more. (laughs) That's my argument. Yes. And, of course, he'll point to successful examples. And in this book we'll talk about later, his father points to many examples. And I'm just always immediately geared to think, Oh, but you're giving me this one shining, happy example. Yes, 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 and we're yes. ignoring a bunch of that other was, people. That was found after everyone was sent through the bell curve, and then you chopped off the little tiny end of it, and we're exactly. like, look at this one. <laughs> exactly. And so I, I think if anything that our show hopefully imparts to people is just to constantly be keeping those bell curves in the back of our heads. Right. You know, remember, oh, we're being given a very selective representation of the total Sure, yeah. Total our crowd. message is clutter your brain. <laughs> All of these thoughts live the world the way we do. It's a mess. Read factfulness. Actually, no, that is more related to the subject of the book, Factfulness. Yeah. It's a great book. That's a really good book, you guys. (laughs) You know who's living life well? Who's that? Anyone who buys a Jumbotron. Oh, like Maro, a.k.a. Mao? Yes. Who wrote a Jumbotron for his sister, Rocio, a.k.a. Rop. That's right. He said, happy birthday from your brother. You had a rough year, but you pulled through, and you know that I and your family are and always will be there for you. I am happy that I was the one to introduce you to OnRack and that it means so much to you, and I hope it keeps helping you in your journey. I wish you a great birthday and a happy year. Love you, Mao. Oh, what a good brother. And what a good sister. I just want to say, we always love to be a part of people's lives. And this is just such a sweet message. I love hearing these kinds of stories. Yeah, that when we people were helping can sh- in their journey. And that they can share the show with each other. Yeah. That's really Thanks, cool. Thanks, guys. 
And we have another Jumbotron from James to Melinda. And he says, Happy Valentine's Day, Melinda. I know this message is very late, but at least it's coming from the beautiful voice of Ross or Carrie. I'm so grateful that you are my wife and best friend. I cannot wait to live the rest of my life with you and to have you at my side when I begin the cult. Our followers will be many and our message clear. Love, James. (laughs) (laughs) James has a good sense of humor. Good job, Melinda. That's great. And uh, tell us about your cult when it's off the ground. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We don't want to hear about it a moment before. We, we actually that's not true we want to be there when this cult starts all the way to the end yeah at least uh when you've got like 10 five-star reviews yeah <laughs> yeah and like twenty thousand people lined up behind you <laughs> that's too many we want to get in <laughs> earlier <laughs> uh yes happy valentine's happy day valentine's guys <laughs> day in april in april 2019 oh hey carrie Ross, is it? Yeah. Right here, I wrote about 47 people here at 749. You are right. Okay. My, I wonder where the other four were. My handwritten note was much closer to my previous okay, memory. Okay, good, good, good. Good Phew. thing I was writing this down in my sloppy handwriting. <laughs> he kept talking about the importance of handwriting, and I'm like uh, scribbling to keep to be up. fair, yours is more legible than his. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> fair. Though he was also writing up on a, a whiteboard with an old-style projector. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Boy, it was like going back to grade school. Uh, But he was being very smart about it, side note. Instead of writing on the slide and then projecting that up so then you screw up the slide. I was waiting for, yeah. He projected it onto a whiteboard, wrote on the whiteboard. Smart, smart. He's smart. He's hot. He's 60. Sorry, everybody. He's got a wife. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. He talks about his wife a lot. It's very sweet. He had a good line here. He was still talking about all these negative stories inside of us. And he mentioned that, well, A, it's not good to compare yourself with others to begin mm-hmm. with. But he said L.A. in particular is a bad place to compare yourself to oh, others. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, what was? Oh, yeah. And his reasoning was partly that like people here don't work. Oh, yeah. What was that? That was kind of weird. Yeah. He said like, you'll go to the store in the middle of the day and there are all these people. They're not working. And I'm thinking... Well, you're at the store. You have a job. <laughs> right. That's always the, it's the old obvious nor- point. old Norm joke from oh. Cheers, where he says, oh, bars can be such sad places. Some people spend their whole lives in a bar. Just yesterday, a guy sat next to me for 11 hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. I think of the movie Forever Young. No, I never saw it. Uh, with uh, Mel Gibson, uh, a very young Elijah Wood. Mm. And uh, he's in love with this girl and he sees her at the library and then he's all super embarrassed. Oh, no. I, you know, she's going to see I'm in the library and, and she's going to think I'm a dweeb. And his friend says, Nat, Nat, she's here, too. <laughs> I just remember as yeah. a kid about Elijah Wood's age, they go like, oh, that is so insightful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. She's here too. And then he goes and picks up a random book and tries to make conversation with her and he just happens to grab little women. Ah, cute. It's good. It's a great film by J.J. Abrams. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to catch it. Have you read Factfulness? So good. It's so good. Man, uh, like if I was going to watch a movie, I'd watch Forever Young. But if I was going to read a book. If I was going to watch a movie, I'd just still watch Factfulness. I'd just tape it on a hand cam. Hey, did you ever see uh, Regarding Henry? No. With Harrison Ford? That's actually. Have you watched Safe? I lent you the movie Safe. And it's very good, and you gotta watch it. Okay, I will. I will. You're gonna love it. Okay. Oh, boy. You gotta see Safe. What podcast do we make? You got to see safe. I love factfulness. Okay. What's this about a mental bank? 
Guys, we're recording this at almost midnight, and I haven't slept in a long time. Oh, it is well past midnight. <laughs> okay. Um, Stick that in your mental bank. <laughs> anyway, the solution to all of this is the mental bank. It is a system whereby Ross looks at his notes and looks alarmed that I'm skipping ahead. No? Oh, I'm just alarmed that the break is so much farther than I thought it was. <laughs> oh, no. Well... We will intimate here that we are going to tell more of this class and our follow-up adventures with the mental bank. Yeah. But before we get into that, we should at least tell you what this mental what bank is. What the fuck is the mental bank? Is. You've been with us for over an hour and you're like, I know I'm supposed to read factfulness, but what is the mental bank? So essentially the mental bank is this daily ledger yes. that you keep. And we love logs. You know we do. Mm-hmm. Where you give yourself fake money. For every good thing you do for yourself. Okay, this feels needlessly complex. But yeah, what you do is you establish this goal for yourself. I'm trying to reach this much money. And the way to typically calculate this is to take your current annual salary that you Mm -hmm. take from all your income sources. Before taxes. (laughs) Yes, that's an important point. He makes a great point about later, but we'll get there. (laughs) So you calculate that. So, okay, let's say you're making $50,000 a year. And then you double that and yeah. you say, oh, I want to make 100000 I want to make 100000 Because who doesn't want to double their salary? And so then that becomes your mental bank income. Bal- it, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, Men- bank goal income. Or- and then now every day you have this list of things that you want to do to achieve your goals. And you list out one to six goals that are really important to you. You know, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to achieve. And then you enumerate things that you should be doing every day to work yeah. towards those goals yeah. or things just in general that will make you a better person. Right. So you can say, telling my spouse how much I love them. Or working out, taking care of my body. Or any variant of that. You could be more specific. Like you right. go for a half hour jog. Right. Spend time reading a book. And it's kind of up to you how specific you want to be, which does make, for people like me and Ross, this become very complicated and you start overthinking exactly how specific you should be. Yeah, and we'll talk about this. But then you find out your level of hypnotic suggestion and whether it is more physical versus emotional. And then you learn oh, how to geez. phrase these more efficiently. So you said there's a quiz about that in the book you bought. So I'm going to have to take that. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you take that. Anyways, uh, suffice it to say for now, you fill out all of these things that you could do every day. And then... At the end of the day, you then calculate, okay, how many of these did I actually do? Okay, I use my language learning apps, so I get to add, and you have now this hourly wage, essentially. Yes, which so- is calculated in a way that <laughs> so complicated. I just had to let go of the fact that it would not make sense. Right, right. even with the yearly salary you're working towards, for so for $100,000, he was saying that you're earning $100 an, an hour, hour but that's a 20-hour like, work week. Yeah, that's can't be right whatever i mean which is i'm i'm all for short work weeks we all need them we're overworked but <laughs> and he wasn't making that point so i was just like what do you mean I, that's a hundred dollars an hour in what sense <laughs> <laughs> so let's say i write down in my ledger i say okay today i used all my language learning apps so i have a flat rate for that and it's a hundred dollars or i could say I taught a class on hypnotherapy and I did it for three hours. And so my hourly rate is 100. So that counts as 300. And he said, do pay yourself for your work work. 
Mm-hmm. Like some people want to cut out those eight hours a day of the thing that they do the most of and they don't reward themselves from it. You got to pay yourself for your work work. And yet, and this is the part that has taken me the longest to wrap my head around. After after you've added all these up, let's, let's say it added up to, uh, you know, 2,500 or something like that. Yeah. After you've done that, now you subtract your, your actual income. real physical income. Are you in the red right now? I'm in the red right now because <laughs> oh, I made more money than my imaginary money. Because a lot of time my income comes, like a lot of freelancers, it comes in big pockets, oh. right? This is what happened. On the first day, I got like one big check from one particular outlet. <laughs> okay. And then... Uh, but I won't for more for many weeks, so, right? So but, then you'll build up a surplus, right? Okay. So now I am in the red because I have money. Okay, I like how you've done that. I actually just did a calculation of my average income from you know my major revenue sources, and then I just kind of made that the daily, daily average. Oh, see, I asked him if we should do that, and he said no, 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 no. no, no. But oh, you must have been I'm, taking a note. All right, I might need to recalculate here, but I figured I'd only do it on weekdays. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Anyways, uh, so. Then I'm thinking, okay, wait, why are you subtracting from this imaginary money? Your you had a decent real physical mo- rationale for that, though. And the idea is that by mixing these play values of these really high sums and high worth to your time that might sound preposterous. Oh, geez, me, $100 an hour? If you mix those with the real money, your subconscious will just get reframed and it'll start thinking in larger amounts of mm-hmm. money. I think that's probably true. And then he also said you want to desensitize yourself to the idea of subtraction because like subtraction isn't necessarily bad, addition isn't necessarily good. So you're just sort of like playing mm. with this wiring around figures and money and numbers Eh, fair enough you'd have to do a study to see if that was true but it seems possible but the way his dad originally conceived the system this is all a physical ledger right and they are selling this uh, so the first thing you do you want to make more money buy this thing Mm -hmm. and Uh, then then name it heath but what oh (laughs) very good R.I.P. So I bought the physical copy. To be fair, they weren't trying hard to sell the physical copy. You can do a free one online. Mm -hmm. So we'll tell you more about us filling these out every night before we go to sleep. How much did you pay for that ledger? How much did you pay for that? $15, I think. Okay. Yeah. Free class, $15 ledger. And then I had you pick up a copy of Success is not the mental bank and concept <laughs> accident. Mm-hmm. That was $24. I think that's right. And then as soon as I got home and set up my mental bank ledger account, where uh-huh. you can do this on the internet, I realized they had a free PDF that you could download that is a perfect copy of this book. I didn't tell you this at the time because I wanted to save it for the airwaves. Okay. But she did actually tell me when I bought this for you, she said, since you bought the physical copy, they will give you the PDF for free. And it just, it sounded like it was kind of an honor system thing. Uh, So, you know, you still did what they hoped you would do. Oh, good. Okay. Well, glad to hear that. So Carrie picked that up for me. I paid her back, but now she's going to buy it back for me for $10. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I'm was. i still shortchanging you. No, that's good. I mean, because I will have read it. I'm 75% of the way through it now. Cool. Can't wait. And yeah, I like that it's nice big font. Make, yeah. Make me feel really readed. It, it lends, feel so readed. It lends itself to speed reading. I am actually speed reading this book. Here's a little passage. I firmly believe that some people can afford to be rich and other people cannot. Can't wait. You heard it here. Can't wait to hear what that All means. right. Yeah, I'll tell you more about it. And we'll tell you more about our experience back at HMI. We are glad to be back there. 
and following up with our own mental bank programs, which we both need to fill out for tonight. the previous day. We'll do it together. Yeah, we're going to do it tonight, and then we're going to do it every night. Uh, fill this out, <laughs> not have intercourse with one another because you're you're married. But uh, yeah, you're supposed to do it every night. No fanfic, people, please. <laughs> supposed to do it every night in the like five minutes before you go to sleep yes yeah which i've been doing i think he kind of interchanged between last five minutes and last half hour it's but funny. it's just you know my language learning apps tell me oh you should do this right before you go to bed because then you know your brain will be playing oh, with it as you sleep you got a lot of stuff to do right before you fall asleep now <sighs> you're telling me <laughs> i'm gonna do i'm gonna do the language apps first though so i can then put my achievement in the mental bank because that is one You're of my... You're just going to bed like earlier and earlier and earlier <laughs> to get all your stuff done before my head. Uh, so we'll let you know how that goes. I actually feel optimistic about this. I left this place feeling kind of jazzed. We'll tell you more yeah. about the whole thing. I'll already say that last night I went on a run with my son and run then with the son. stopped at the gym at work to work out with him and then run back home. So I could mark off two things on the ledger that I knew was coming. Hey, nice. And so I would not have run otherwise. You primed yourself to look for those little pockets of time when you could do it and pay yourself fake yeah, yeah. money. Yeah, I earned some fake money. Yeah. So, all right. So we'll uh, we'll be back next week to tell you more about our mental bank ledgers. But before we go, I must tell thou. We're coming to Pod X. Pod X. It's in Nashville. Our special guest is Stephen Mason of Jars of Clay. You're going to want to be there. And it, this is not just a live show. This is a whole podcast convention. So there's going to be other amazing podcasts there. We're both going to be on panels. Mm -hmm. Some panels will be on together. Some panels will be on separately. You'll be you able to. know what will happen. We had a really good time up in Seattle recently at PodCon 2. And it was kind of a similar format where you get to just meet people and hang out and chat so if you're anywhere near nashville tennessee we hope you're there and you can go to podx.com slash oh no to get 10 percent off is that true registration yeah oh yay super good oh, deal. No, oh yay so make sure to do that and we hope we see you there yeah come by say hi don't be shy oh and also by the way Sorry, guys. Won't be playing Portal this Saturday. Yes, we had suggested that as a tentative date. We now have proper hardware. I've tested out Portal on my machine. So we're all ready to go with our actual date, April 27th, 9 a.m. Pacific time. And you'll find us at twitch.tv slash podcast. And see Carrie play Portal. And also... By the time you hear this, I'll have a new tattoo that says, I'm sure it's all true. And oh, that's, that's right. the whole thing. Oh, that, that's we'll happening. We'll tell you about in the next episode, but it's happening as we record this. It's happening tomorrow, which We're is technically Friday, later April today. 13th. Mm -hmm. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dawson. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Hi, Victor. Thank you, Victor. You can support this and all of our podcasts at MaximumFun.org and uh, go into the donate page. Yeah, that's right. And you can see pictures, videos, audio files, drawings, notes, Interesting sketches. science links. Yes, all of that at Facebook.com forward slash onrack O-N-R-A-C. And you can also support us by leaving us positive reviews. really helps if you just take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is you're getting this podcast uh, because that'll help other people find us. They'll come look at our podcast and they'll be like, oh, this is legit. Look how many uh, five-star reviews there are. Exactly. They'll be like, a lot of dentists listen to this podcast. And remember... 
Factfulness, like a healthy diet and regular exercise, can and should become part of your daily life. Start to practice it and you will be able to replace your overdramatic worldview with a worldview based on facts. You will be able to get the world right without learning it by heart. You will make better decisions, stay alert to real dangers and possibilities, and avoid being constantly stressed about the wrong things. We've all made mistakes in book club, right? You drink a little too much, you don't actually read the book, and if you're under the bubble in Fairhaven, your individual will get subsumed by the collective. Hey, maybe I just let him go and whip us up some guac. We do not require guac. We require only nutrients and expansion. You will become book club. You will eat, pray, and love with us. Join book club. Bubble, the sci-fi comedy from MaximumFun.org. Just open your podcast app and search for Bubble. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.